Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, the HR Cartel Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Dive. Thanks for joining me. Um, plenty to talk about, and I thought we'd speak about the state of play today. There's so much happening in the world of IR and HR and workplace relations and all that sort of stuff, and it's really not um, easy to, to try and navigate and get through it. And, and there's some, a few articles in the financial review today and over the last couple of days that really highlight what sort of state of affairs we're in. So um, worth talking about all that sort of stuff. Unions are very active. They're getting pretty aggressive now. Uh, we've seen them sit, not silent, but we've seen them sit a little bit quietly. And um, I think they've been really gathering on what all these changes mean for them. You know, if you ask me, they probably weren't even sure that they were going to get all these changes and wins with with the Labor government, uh, but you know the IR reforms that have happened uh, as of uh, that summit last year in December. It's entirely a union driven bill, and um, you know, they're, they're getting everything that they're asking for essentially. And we've all seen in the news, obviously, you've heard me say it a couple of times. If you listen to a few of these podcasts, just how vocally the unions have been, the union movement has been particularly the CFMU, saying that they've, they've given the Labor government $2 million to help them get elected, and they, they demand payback, and payback in the form of giving them what they want. So, you know, we're starting to see that now. We're seeing it come to light. Um, I had a, actually had a client that I was helping over the last couple of months down in Victoria, which is, geez, it's a, it's a rough state to try and be in construction down there. I'll tell you what, I, would, I wouldn't want to be doing it. Um, but... You know, even in the light of recent High Court decisions and, and Fair Work Commission decisions that backed up High Court decisions around sham contracting and how that works, how it's assessed, the CFMEU are still banging their chest and harassing contractors and, you know, and subcontractors about sham contracting allegations. And there's a penalty, and it's a funny little thing, there's a panel, a disputes panel in the Victorian construction sector um, that deals with enterprise agreement disputes. And the CFMEU with this client of mine had put sham contracting claims in this panel. And it, it's, it's, it's basically a kangaroo court, this panel. It has no jurisdiction to hear any of these things. It's, it's decisions uh, are useless. Um, you know, all they do is that they, they report to the, the Victorian Business Council or something, and that body then reports such to the Minister of, of IR or construction or something like that to tell them what's happening in that world in Victoria only. So it's all, you know, the unions are using all these all these layers and all these, these complexities and pushing as hard as they can against businesses because there's no one there to stop them anymore. The registered organisations um, commission has been uh, pulled apart, doesn't exist anymore. Um, ABCC pulled apart, doesn't exist anymore. Um, you know, the Fair Work Ombudsman, what are they going to do? In, in all honesty, what, what are they going to do about unions and, and union movements? So it's actually a, a inquiry, I believe, an inquiry now to investigate just how effective the Fair Work Ombudsman is, and that's being led by the by the Labor government. You can say the ACTU, really. Um, no, so, so that's all going to change as well. So this, these unions are just running rampant. Um, and getting back to the point, the CFMU in particular, with, with his case of my client in Victoria, completely wrong in everything that they were saying. Their allegations were false. 
there was no evidence of anything. Um, they had forced this client of mine into, you know, sort of hearing after hearing or, you know, gathering with this panel. The panel tried to investigate their sub their subbies and get documentation and all sorts of things. These guys have got no jurisdiction at all to do that. The Fair Work Commission deals with deals with sham contracting. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Anyway, after banging on and on and on and, and dragging this out for months and making this client of mine submit written submissions and evidence and all sorts of stuff, they just dropped it. Right? They dropped it. And I'm, I'm happy for this, that this client actually stood up for himself because especially in Victoria, most businesses I've ever worked with and dealt with in Victoria in the construction sector are scared. They've got no backbone. Um, and there's reports down there of you know all sorts of things, you know, bikey gangs, um, getting involved with IR and, and taking payments to, to get industrial relations or enterprise agreements um, over the line and um, and all sorts of things like that. Just crazy. I don't blame anyone that's in construction down there for just getting out of the EBA game, go and do residential jobs, go and do some other smaller jobs. Uh, it's it's a pain in the ass. Why would you why would you even bother? Um, but anyway, that's the state of affairs in in that state at least. Um, but it's happening everywhere else as well. You know, there's a there's a few um, articles I'll, I'll I'll talk through. There's so much, like I said, to talk about, but um, there's not enough time to do it all, and not worth looking at all of it. But it's a couple of articles here, and for those just listening, I'm going to share my screen and just read through a couple of these because the first one here is hilarious. I thought it was, I thought it was really funny. I'm just going to share it with you. Um, now, Koshi. Who's a fan of Koshi? David Kosh, the recent, uh, the guy who recently came off uh, that TV show. What's he on? What's Koshi? I, I don't, I don't, I don't watch that that crap, that garbage. So I don't know. Sunrise is it? I think he's the, the host of Sunrise. He's been there for years. You know, he's he's touted as a business guru. Um, he, he's been on business shows on Sundays and things like that and, and talking about how to manage people and run businesses and all that sort of stuff. Um, now, I'm not getting up Koshi here at all, but there's a, a pretty a pretty full-on story here about his business, uh, one of his businesses that he backs that, um, yeah, they've gone through about 100% turnover, um, claims of it being a really um, toxic workplace culture, um, all that sort of stuff. And it really goes to show that you know it doesn't matter who you are, how good you think you are, um, how much experience you got, how celebrated you are. Underneath all that, workplace culture is a hard one to 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 get across, right? But here's what I thought's funny about this: the the employees there's a mass exodus and, and an employee sent a gift to uh, to the execs of this company, and. It's essentially here it is here. If you're not watching this and you listen to it, it's a chocolate donut it's shaped in the shape of a dick. So basically, they've they've sent a gift, a donut to the Osbys uh, executives, which is the company that that has such a, uh, a horrible, horrible culture. Um, and they're basically saying, "Go eat a dick." You know, that's um, that's really funny. That's hilarious. Um, and of course, they you know they. Uh, they complained about it and, you know, I was so shocked that such a boring act could be directed at two female executives. Come on. 
they're telling the, they're telling the business to go eat a dick because you've got a terrible workplace. So have a laugh. Um, that's hilarious, you know. Um, anyone who says that's not funny is an idiot. So good on good on those guys for uh, for for having a crack. So that's one funny, a lot harder one to, to kick us off. But look, there's um, there's some some things happening. I, I want to talk about um, the, the you know regulators and the unions and all that sort of stuff. And you see what they're up to at the moment. But you know, if you look at this um, this next article here, we can see that the ACTU have kind of named the types of businesses that they're going to go after. Uh, and that's with this same job, same pay legislation that's about to come out. And what that is is targeting labour hire firms and trying to get them to really um, make it extremely difficult for them to make any money, for them to be an attractive option for businesses to use. And also the internal company structures, such as BHP, where um, and you know I've worked for businesses in the past where they've set up internal labour hire or they've owned a labour hire organisation. They set it up and they're supplying labour uh, within the group and that sort of thing. Um, it's it's comp it's lawful company structures, um, and the unions are really starting to starting to uh, to target that and, and try and stop that from happening. So. Here's, here's the article here. We'll, we'll look at it. We'll have a little bit of a talk through it, I guess. And we'll, we'll see the sort of damage this, this has the potential of doing. But the, what the article says is the ACTU is naming companies in the firing line over the same job, same pay laws. They're saying that the, the country's top 30 largest commercial employers um, is, is kind of what they're going to target. Now, we're talking about companies like BHP Billiton, Qantas, um, you know, that, that level of, of, of organisation, which is squarely in, in the crosshairs for the ACTU. Um, now, BHP, they did something wrong stupid here because they're played right to the hands of, of the ACTU. Now, they, they put a statement out last week, I think it was, where they said something like, you know, BHP Billiton would suffer a loss of about $1.3 billion and the and and, and that's okay to say, that statement there. This, this change will, will impact our business by $1.3 billion. That's a massive impact for, for shareholders and that sort of thing. And they're important. Shareholders for that business are important. Um, but then they went on to say this, this $1.3 billion would be the equivalent of us employing 5,000 people. That's stupid. Why would you go and say something like that? That's just playing right into the hands of the ACTU. And, of course, they started to beat their chest saying, do you see Australia? Do you see what this, this, this business is doing? It's ripping off these workers under their labour hire uh, arrangements to the tune of being able to employ another 5,000 people. That's how much um, these people are losing out on. Now, that's, that's a, a bit of a red herring, right? We're talking about the mining sector. These people in, in labour hire in the, in the mining sector are not being underpaid, right? They're not being paid close to an award. They're not being paid anywhere close to the minimum legal payments that, that a, a, a worker in Australia should be receiving. They're not, okay? They're paid well over that, well above that. Um, 
I'm not excusing any mistakes BHP Builds has recently made with by you know ruining uh, their payroll system when it comes to annual leave deductions and that sort of thing. That's a separate issue. BHP, I worked for BHP in the past. It's a big beast. It's it's full of errors. It's full of idiots. And it's full of good people at the same time. Um, but you know, it's it, it's just using a lawful company structure to protect its bottom line and give revenue back to shareholders and also to reinvest that revenue and to create more projects, more jobs and that sort of thing, okay? Um, so whoever made that statement from BHP is an absolute moron because they, they played straight into the, the, uh, the union's hands with that one. Here it is here. Um, yeah, there's a story there that, that this, this article links to where it where details what I just spoke about. Um, so, look, the, the, the ACTU, um, they're, they're really trying to um, uh, push Labor to not only um, make it hard or restrict companies from using flexible types of work arrangements with, with workers, they're starting to play now with, with law. They're starting to, to um, put some restrictions around legal company structures. Uh, they're, you know, they're starting to affect taxation in the country. Uh, they're looking at all these things, calling them loopholes and saying they're bad. They are not. These things create productivity within our country, right? These businesses are able to do, achieve, invest more by lawfully leveraging company structures and working models and flexible workforces and all those things. And destroying that will destroy the productivity in the country. Make no mistake about that. And that's not good for anybody. That's not good for anyone. So that's, that's what the unions are up to at the moment. Yeah, this is their next big thing. Um, yeah, the, the, the same job, same pay legislation that they're, they're pushing out. Um, I've spoken pretty pretty freely about it. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge cr uh, critic of it. The next thing they're going to try and do is is obviously the gig worker economy. So you're talking about you're not just talking about rideshare and um, Uber Eats and Uber and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that, that's what we think, right? We're we're talking about an attack on independent contracting and. Um, Australians making independent choices about how they work. And that also drives productivity and creates, you know, it, it's also job creation and business creation and all that sort of stuff, okay? The union doesn't differentiate. They're just throwing labels at it. And they've got a war on flexible working arrangements with you know, flexible workforces, essentially. Flexible working arrangements, the term is a different thing. I get it. Uh, but... They absolutely have a war and, they, and they're pushing the Labor government to um, basically squash any right a company has to use flexible workforces. Let's look at something else here. Um, and this is, a, this is a bit of an interesting one here because this is, uh, I think it's from today, this article where we're talking about there's, there's about eight employer groups um, industry groups that are now taking the fight to the Albanese government. And what they're saying, you know, that they're, they're talking tough. They're saying that this is going to be an ongoing campaign and they're going to drive as hard as they can against the Albanese government 
for as long as it takes. Um, and it's starting with the same job, same pay legislation, that, that, that legislation I was just talking about with respect to labour hires. Um, so you've got eight um, peak bodies, like I said, organisations that represent the employer's side of, of the workplace, and they're starting to get really uh, sick of what's happening and they're not being listened to. And in fact, you know, we, we, all, we all said this last December when this job summit was on. There were, there were some people that were saying they were hopeful that there was going to be positive union and, and employer side relations come out of it. It was all a farce. The whole thing was an absolute farce. Um, I was vocal about it back then. So many others were vocal about it back then. Uh, then you had idiots like this. Let's have a look at this. Down here, you know, we, we're talking about there's this advertising campaign these guys are doing, and they're, they're talking about, you know, just what this means. Just what cracking down on same job, same pay, what it means, how um, it's going to be so much difficult, uh, so much more difficult for employers to drive productivity to employ higher skilled workers um, and, and the likes. But let's just, like I said, these there's, there's a, a bunch of peak bodies here. MCA, the National Farmers Federation, the Business Council of Australia, the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, the Australian Petroleum Production and Exploration Association. These idiots, the Council of Small Business Organisations Australia. Why are they idiots? Let's have a look at something. Let's go and have a look at this. I, uh, I was pretty, pretty vocal about this one last, last year myself. And I'm going to share my screen again here for another article. The Cosboa. Do you remember this? Cosboa defends their agreement with the ACTU after big business organisations challenge multi-employer bargaining. This is down in September last year, this article. Now, what, what these guys did, this is the... Um, uh, the Council of Small Business Organisations Australia, the, the, the ones who are part of this, um, this campaign now with the other seven organisations going against the government and against the unions and saying they're going to push as hard as they can. These idiots wrote up an in-principle agreement with the ACTU in September last year ahead of the job summit. And there were nothing, everyone could see it, what was going on. And that's Sally McManus there in the background there. She's the, the secretary of the ACTU. And I, 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 I don't want to say anything too negative about individuals, but you would not trust this woman um, as far as you can throw her. Um, and these idiots jumped into bed with the ACTU, signed an in-principle agreement. They gave more fuel to their campaign and, and more um, bolstered their, their movement even more only to now realise how stupid that was and jump back in bed with the employer side and start pushing against the ACTU. You know, their, their members were fuming last year. I remember reading all about it. Um, these small business employers who were part of that, that peak body, members of it, weren't consulted really. They weren't spoken about. They weren't asked for their views. They weren't asked, should we jump into bed with the ACTU? Should we join with them ahead of this job summit? None of that happened. These idiots just made the call to go and do that. And then to everyone's surprise, they came out with this in-principle agreement with the ACTU. So, you know, the, their, their members are fuming. They weren't happy about it. And then, lo and behold, here we are now, six months later, and uh, we're, we're talking about 
So we've got this campaign they're running now. So let's let's see who's who's um, actually going against the government right now. Okay, miners, farmers, construction companies. Um, let's have a look. What they've got a problem with is a second wave of industrial relations reforms that are going to be introduced in the second half of this year. Of course, they've got a problem with that because once again, it's just going to be another union fest. It's going to be another uh, list of things that the union wants the government to go and, ro and roll out and enforce on the business community of Australia in the name of paying them back for the millions they gave the government to get elected in the first place. So there's something really wrong with that, right? But we can say right here, you know, this, this is saying what I've, what I've been um, mentioning, which um, with respect to the gig economy and flexible working. So the, the, they're saying that they're against these, that they're trying to get, go against the second wave of industrial relations reforms to be introduced, uh, which includes a crackdown on the gig economy and measures to reduce the use of casuals and criminalising wage theft. Right? Criminalising wage theft, no issue with that. Provided, provided it's done reasonably. The government's imposing, or the ACTU's imposing $4 million um, penalties for, for mistakes made in, in payroll. That's stupid, it's ridiculous. Um, but criminalising wage theft as a theory, nothing wrong with it. But let's look a bit further. Okay, so again, here, here it is now. Business and industry groups which feel that they were used as props by the government at last year's job summit, which produced the first wave of IAR changes, including the multi-employer bargaining, they say they are going to stand and fight this time around. Right, <laughs> let's see. Let's just see. We just saw how Cosboa last time jumped in bed with the ACTU for no reason at all, for absolutely no reason at all. Um, so we'll see what they do this time around. Um, they're saying here, yeah, and I would agree with this too, so all, all these groups, they're saying that the, the consultation process that the Labor government um, has rolled out since last year, the, the whole job summit, the white papers they've released for the same job, same pay stuff, for, for, for you know, gender reporting, all that sort of stuff, it's all been a total sham. It's been fake, right? And I think we can all see that. Um, what what Cosboa had done and what they're doing now is further evidence that it's all just fake and, and a sham. Whatever in principle agreement they signed up to means nothing at all. You know they've jumped the fence and come back to it, the side they belong, but they should be looking after their small business employers. Um, yeah. So again, the, the the Reserve Bank of Australia, Governor Philip Lowe, last week urged the Albanese government to lift productivity. You don't do that by doing what they're doing. You know. You don't lift productivity via the workplace by restricting employers to have flexibility about how they go about um, creating that productivity, achieving more, investing more, having safer ways to operate, more options. Um, and look, people, you know, let's look at the construction sector, for example. You know, there's so much pressure from unions with the multi-employer bargaining, with um, it was all enterprise agreements of all kinds, and let's let's be talk, let's talk about that. Enterprise agreement, the number of enterprise agreements have declined rapidly um, over the years. Um, I think they're probably seeing a little spike now. I wouldn't be too sure about that, but 
you're probably seeing a little spike now ahead of the multi-employer bargaining rules that, that have come out. Um, so employers could pull themselves out of the risk of being subjected to multi-employer bargaining. That that may have an impact on a little increase now, but over years, that stuff's declined. No one's been interested in, in, in enterprise agreements. Well, not no one. There still are some around, but very very fewer uh, you know, fewer numbers of enterprise agreements have been entered into. Far fewer union membership, all that sort of stuff. Now, the only way that the union's going to get control now is by doing what they're doing, right? Changing the game. People don't want anything to do with them. They don't want to be. They don't want to be members. They don't want to pay union fees. Companies aren't interested in sitting down at a table and negotiating with bullies. Um, it's 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 a, it's a sad state of affairs, really. Um, but instead of changing the way they operate, instead of um, be, being better participators within the workforce, the Australian workforce, they've now gone and um, they're, they're imposing themselves upon the, the government that's in power uh, to drive legal um, amendments. Uh, so that's not how you drive productivity and you create productivity. You don't restrict companies. You know, the people who invest the millions upon millions of dollars into the Australian economy and new projects and new businesses and new employees and all that sort of stuff, you don't restrict them. That's not how you um, create productivity. Um, and here's, you know, here we go. The, the, the Workplace Relations Minister, Tony Burke, uh, says, we will not be deterred from our election promises. Right? That's, because, that's because he's, the, he's the, uh, the, the pivotal player who has to pay back the unions. So um, I wouldn't listen to a word Tony Burke says. There's no integrity behind it. Um, it it's, it's a one-sided view. Anything he anything that he suggests is an open consultation with the business community. I'd say is absolutely a lie. Um, at least for the next twelve months, once they get all these changes across the line, they're they're they've got to pay back their their um, their union pals. Maybe then they'll start listening because there'll be an, an uproar from the business community, which you're starting to see right now. So let's see how that plays out. Um, and here's how about this comment. Cracking down on cowboy labour hire firms that undercut paying conditions. Now, they're, they're targeting, as we just saw their statements before, that, that's more bullshit. They're targeting the top 30 commercial corporate businesses in Australia with same job, same pay legislation. That's to do with the labour hire stuff, right? Those people aren't... Uh, you, cowboy firms or using cowboy firms. They're also not undercutting paying conditions. They're not doing that. This has nothing to do with protecting people, has nothing to do with any of that. This is all about paying back unions and giving them a way that they can drive, um, you know, or take control of workplaces because they can't do it any other way. People aren't interested in join, joining their, their unions. So how else are they going to do it? And again, here we, we, we talk about laws that deny the flexibility, and we're seeing it, it's, it's all happening, right? So anyway, that's that's the state of play right now. Isn't it, isn't it a good time? Look, it's great for people in, in my industry, in my game, because whenever a Labor government's in power, there's so much upheaval. 
and uncertainty and rapid change and you know all that sort of stuff always happens so um it's it's a really interesting time for a nerd like me to be reading all these articles and trying to keep up with it all and making sense of what it all means gives me a lot to talk about terrible for small business employers well that's me as well you know i'm 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 an employer um so I am a very small employer, so I don't have the risk that the, the bigger guys have and the, and the bigger businesses have. But, um, you know, it's it's just it's, it's one of those things. It's getting harder and harder to, to try and operate a business in this country. But what are you going to do? Can't give up, right? So, look, that's, that's about what's happening. Um, some interesting articles that I saw, so I thought it was worthwhile sharing and have a talk about it. So if you've got anything you want to add, questions you want to raise, as always, you can get in touch at the website. Go to www.workplaceas.com. You can book a consultation. You can outsource your HR to us. There's some free tools there you can download. There's other, other podcasts, episodes, and blog articles and news updates. Sign up for those um, and have a conversation with us. Let me know what you want to talk about, what you want to hear about, and I'll include that in some future episodes. But... Um, Until next time, keep a tight workplace, try and keep up with what's happening, and we'll talk again soon.